Hey everybody, welcome to Thursday afternoon. My name is Meg. I am here as part of the Power to Fly virtual hosting team. I am super excited to be back with my girl Kelly to talk to all of you about something that's uh, you know really kind of top of mind for a lot of people right now, but is also a little bit of a welcome break from maybe all of the madness that might be going on wherever you are, if you're in the US or around the world. So um, before we get started, um, I am just gonna touch on a couple quick housekeeping items for everybody. So um, first and foremost, today is all about you. It's about our participants. We wanna make sure that you all get as much out of today as we put into it. So to that end, you are more than welcome to participate and there's a couple different options to do so. So first, the first and greatest is to turn your cameras on, come off mute and ask any questions or add any comments that you would like to today's discussion. Um, if you, whether or not you turn your cameras on, if you do come off mute, you will show up in the recording that we are, um, the recording that will go and be posted on our YouTube channel, as well as the recording that will be posted to our website and is live streaming to our website right now. So if you have any kind of privacy concerns, you can still come off or you can still turn your cameras on if you'd like, but if you do come off mute, you will show up on the recording. If you don't want to show up on the live recording, not a problem, you can still participate. All you have to do is put your questions or comments into the Zoom chat. Um, doing so, I'll be monitoring that Zoom chat so you can um, you know, feel free to put stuff in there and I will raise those questions or comments. Um, if you are in like deep cover and want to make sure no one knows that you were here, um, you can still participate. All you're going to do is instead of sending your message in Zoom chat to everyone, you're going to click that little drop down and pick my name, Meg Alexander, instead and send it to me. I will make sure that your question is raised and I will keep you absolutely anonymous for whatever reason you, you, you have. Um, like I did say before, today is being recorded. So um, what's gonna happen is whether you join us for the full 60 minutes, if you can only stay for five minutes, or if you maybe are watching this later because you forgot to join us today, um, if you registered for today's event, then everyone that registers, regardless of whether you attend or not, will get, a get an email in like one to two business days with a rewatch link to today's recording that'll direct you to watch it on our website. If you hear something amazing today and you have to send it to a friend or a coworker or something like much sooner than that, not a problem. You can take a look at our YouTube channel. We are at Power to Fly. Um, the link to today's recording will be there much sooner. Um, I think it's usually within like a couple, like an hour or so if like tops, I wanna say. So you're more than welcome to check that out um, and send that link wherever you like. As always, it is always free to watch our videos. Um, they will be hosted on our website and on our YouTube channel in perpetuity. So please feel free to share the love there. Um, you're also more than welcome to keep up with us on social. I touched briefly on our YouTube channel, but don't forget you can follow us um, on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. We are at PowerFly on all of those platforms. Um, you are also more than welcome to take photos or video um, of today's event and share while we're going. Um, feel, please feel free to tag us. Again, we are at power to fly and our preferred hashtag is hashtag power to fly. Um, as we get going here, I'm gonna introduce Kelly. Um, for those of you who, are, who don't know her, uh, you will love her, don't worry. And then we'll go over a couple, some of the questions that y'all had um, and then we will get started. So Kelly, Kelly Kugler has made some big changes across her career from relocating across the US and to Europe while working in global recruiting. She learned the essentials for a successful transition along the way. These shared experiences allow her to help others manage similar opportunities and to navigate the process of these transitions. Mm -hmm. Kelly is the founder of Allura Collective. Mm -hmm. Along with her team of coaches, she works with people one-on-one -on -one to explore their options for a career change or relocation, whether depending on their strategy, um, presenting themselves effectively, or speaking with confidence to design their new world. Kelly is one of my favorite speakers. So welcome, <laughs> Kelly. Hi everyone. Thank you, Meg. You're one of my favorite moderators too. I feel like we've done this enough. It's kind of, I don't know. I feel like you're part of the team already. I think you're honorary Laura Collective at this point for sure. It's great oh. to see everybody, whoever's returning, whoever's new. I see some familiar faces. I'm really excited to be here and answer your questions and help give you some personalized info on these topics. I know it's a difficult time and I just want to help all of you kind of get more traction and move forward in your career, whether it's job search, whether it's passive, whether it's active. So today we'll be talking about referrals and introductions, which can be confusing, but if you set the expectations right and you understand it, it can be a lot easier to ask for them. And it really will help you throughout your career be more effective in whatever you're looking for, whether it's an informational call or if it's actually going for the job. So I'm excited to talk to you all. And if after this chat, you feel like you still need more personalized info, as Allura Collective, we offer, we offer one free 30 minute strategy session for anyone. 
uh, with one of our coaches. So you can go to our website, pick a coach, either me, Jill, or Joseph, and have 30 minutes of free help if you need something that's more personalized. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Kelly. Um, so as we get started here, I'm going to pause for a couple seconds each on each of the next two slides. Um, some of our more type A joiners do prefer to see the questions that are going to be that we're trying going to try and touch on in advance. This will also give you an idea um, if you asked a question previously, if like if you, you know, submitted it prior to today, um, if we are going to touch on that. If so, you are more than welcome to come off mute to add more context or maybe just ask a follow up question. Kelly, you're more than welcome to do so. Um, priority, of course, is always given to the people who are on the call today. So I'm going to go to the next slide. Here's our last slide of, class of questions. Um, as you are reading over these, like if you have a question that we're not going to touch on, please feel free to bring it up. If you have a question that's maybe towards the end of like what the, you know what we're going to try and touch on, and you want to make sure that you get your question answered, absolutely come off mute. That is the best way to get your question answered. Second up is putting it into the Zoom chat, either to everyone or to me. Um, so Kelly. As, oh, and then last but not least, if you are going to come off mute, make sure that you only come off mute when you're actively speaking. You'll see me go on and off mute a lot during today's chat so that nobody has to listen to my dogs snoring under my desk. Um, <laughs> if I do mute you, I won't do so in the middle of some, what somebody's saying, but it's, if I do mute you, it's not a rebuke. You are more than welcome to still participate. It's just to maintain audio clarity for everybody else. Um, so try not to talk over one another. I know it can be difficult, but use your best judgment. And yeah, we will get started. So... For today's first question, Kelly, this person had asked, how can I reach out to people on LinkedIn and send a message within that 300 character limit despite their interest in talking and providing a referral? I think that's a great question. You know, the magic in messaging is really taking time to edit, right? If you ever heard the phrase, measure twice, cut, cut once, once you have something that fits those characters, you can reuse it. You can keep copying it and pasting it, right? And all you're changing is maybe the name of the person or the title of the role or something small. So you wanna get yourself a really good, decent one-liner. So I'm assuming in the 300 character limit, you're talking about the invite to connect on LinkedIn, right? Where you can send a very short note. That's a great place to be direct. Hi, Meg, I see you're working at ABC Company. I'd love it to connect. I need help with an introduction, thanks. You could even go even more broad. You could say, hi, Meg. I'd love to add you to my network. I'm applying for a job at the company. I'd love to stay in touch. But you want to keep it brief. And honestly, a lot of people don't even read those messages. They're either going to say no or they're going to say yes. So you can be as direct as you want. And I think being direct is actually okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think it's also better than sending a blank message. The, the couple of sentences I just said are definitely a lot shorter than 300 characters, right? So that tells you that you have a lot more space and room, sorry, I don't know why that happened, um, that you have a lot more space and room to add a couple more sentences if you wanted to, you could flush that out. You could mention the specific role. Uh, you could say, you're just hoping to not get lost in the inbox. Uh, so that's how I would, I would frame it out. When you first write it, write it long, it's totally okay. Brain dump what you actually want to say or say it into like an audio message if as you're writing, it seems to get lost and then edit after that. It's much easier to edit on paper than it is in your own head. Thank you for that. I think it's a really good call out that you, A, you can reuse your messaging. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, greeting cards. They're made, it's not like there's a thousand million of them that are all unique and individual. They print yep. runs of these. So like, it's okay to reuse those words once you find one that works or that fits that, that character limit and works for you. But you're right. It's also incredibly important to make sure that you are being direct with what you're asking for and clear so that you can, you know, that way you're not kind of playing that back and forth cat and mouse game with somebody of like, hey, how are you? I saw that you're doing well. Would you like to catch up? Like back and forth and back and forth. Yep. One other thing too, if you're struggling on even what to say or how to frame it, if you go on Allura Collective, I have a blog post and an event that we did with Power to Fly. So there's two options to find this called six job search message templates. And I made a free PDF download for you all in there. It gives you an option for follow-up language. It's kind of like a fill in the blank Mad Lib. Mad Lib. It also gives you five different options of messages you can send. And a couple of those are really short and you'd be able to frame them in 300. So it'll give you a framework of what to say. Uh, and that'll probably help if you wanna download that for free. 
Yes, actually, I remember hosting that chat and it was wonderful. <laughs> so you can absolutely find that on Power to Fly. Um, there's also a couple different blog posts that we have on this same topic as well um, that you can find by searching the blog archives as opposed to the video archives. Um, so moving on to our next question, um, let's see here. Uh, this person wanted to know, how can I tackle a low acceptance rate on LinkedIn? Once people do accept my LinkedIn connection, how can I further engage with them? Low acceptance rate. I think okay. the way I read this was it sounded like somebody that's trying to connect with people and make those connections. Yeah. But as many as they're sending out, basically no one's responding. And so I, I saw it less about the rate actually, like the numbers, yeah. and more about like kind of the hits to your ego that that takes when like you've taken time to try and craft these messages so that people will help you. And yeah. there's just crickets. And I know that I am absolutely guilty of this because like there are times where I am just so busy. I don't check my LinkedIn for like a week or two. It's bad, but you know, it, it, this can kind of wear on you after a while, right? Completely. And remember also everybody's managing multiple inboxes, right? We usually have an inbox for work or a personal email or maybe a couple of personal emails plus LinkedIn is a separate inbox plus every social media channel. So even though it feels personal, it's likely more circumstantial than anything else. There are plenty of times where my inbox, I keep up with it. And then in a couple of days, I lose it. Like after an event like this, or after, you know, someone does a virtual conference and they just get backed up. If it's a matter of an acceptance rate, I would try to have less cold outreach. So if you're just reaching out to someone that you're definitely not connected with at all, and you're not getting response, then if you didn't get a response, look for a second connection that knows that person and start asking people to introduce you to that person to help you make that connection, right? Another thing that really helps kind of goes back to what I mentioned before is be direct in why you're connecting. It helps people say yes or no. It helps people understand what you want. It's totally okay to say, I'd love to connect with you. We're in the same industry. I'm happy to help you. I'm not, I don't have anything to ask you right now. You know, that's perfectly fine. And it's a good thing to offer. I'd love to connect with you in case I can help you with my network as well, in case you need an introduction. That's another good message to send. You know, people like being offered help. That's okay. Once someone does accept your connection, further engaging with them is important. It doesn't have to be every day. There are people I haven't connected with in a year, even three to five years. And still, if we messaged each other, once we saw the message, we would help each other. So after someone accepts your invite, of course, you want to say thank you. And then if you're not sure what you even want right now, then you can just say, maybe in the future, we can help each other through our network with an introduction. Right now, I'm not in job search, but if I am, I'd like to reach out if you can help me stay out of the inbox and please do the same. My network is yours. I'm here to help. So that's a great way of planting a seed, not just that you're connecting to ask people for things, but plant the seed that you're there to help as well if that makes sense. I think that's a really good way to go about it. And it's really inviting because even if people are in a job, it doesn't mean they're happy. A lot of people aren't. <laughs> I think that's a really good call out too that you kind of like kind of glided past is that it sounds like maybe this person is just sending a connection request without attaching that note. Um, and so don't miss that opportunity. Like don't rely on someone's curiosity or their first perusal of your LinkedIn page to make it clear why you want to connect and what you're hoping to either, you know, not what you're hoping to get from them. Cause we talked about this on a previous chat, but like, what kind of relationship are you hoping to start with this person? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm in the background of here. I'm, I'm searching up the links to those, um, those templates that we had talked about um, from your previous chat. So um, sit tight, everybody. I'll put those into the zoom uh, link or into the zoom chat in just a minute. Thank you, Meg. Yeah. And it's a great point. If you, if you don't know directly that you want to say to someone, thanks for accepting my invite. I applied for this job. Could you make a referral or could you help me stay out of the inbox? It's totally okay to say, thanks for accepting my invite. I don't have a specific ask right now. I just want, I thought it would be great if we were connected. Maybe in the future we can help each other. Whether it's an introduction for a job or it's something I can help you with, I'm happy to do it. Absolutely. And you're right. That is a really good way to make it more of a give and take and less of a, hey, I don't really know you, but what can you do for me kind of thing? Yeah. Just don't send someone. I get messages sometimes where people just write hello 
as if they're texting me like I already know them and I don't answer those. I find that creepy to be honest. So don't do that. Just send No, no, I, I'm completely right there with you. Um, you know, even <laughs> even back when I was still just like a talent advocate, so I kind of had to connect with a lot of people. Um, mm -hmm. I was still a little bit wary of people that were just like, hey, I'm like, okay, yep. well, I don't sit on LinkedIn all day, or at least I didn't at that point. And I kind of, you know, off and on, but like most people don't. So Exactly. Don't, yeah, you're right. Recognize what the medium is. Don't treat it like more casual or really more formal than what it is. Um, but yeah. Okay. So, and I've been LinkedIn for that, by the way. I am not a fan of the new UI. It's constantly popping up the messages on the bottom. I don't go and sit in LinkedIn all day, everybody. I go in, I get my work done and I get out because I need to focus on the other things that I have to do. I have to block my calendar and get things done. And a lot of us are like that, right? So LinkedIn is encouraging you to be more conversational beyond for a while, but you don't really have to. You can use it the way it was before it was doing the whole Facebook thing where it keeps popping up in your face all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. I get what they're going for, but I'm not really into it. Um, all right. So on that note, this person had wanted to know what's the best platform for networking besides LinkedIn? Um, I think that, Key, I see your private question. I just responded. Um, I think... LinkedIn is really the best place for people, find people. I think LinkedIn is also a good place to find places to network, meaning other events and virtual conferences, right? Uh, I think you need to look at other organizations in terms of job posts and in terms of looking for target companies because LinkedIn, first of all, you have to pay to post a job and it really is more about building your network and for people, even though they have jobs posted there. So. Uh, for example, when I'm working with women, I encourage them to go on female forward websites like Power to Fly. Power to Fly screens companies. They created the company for the purpose of let's find companies that support women and parents that need more flexible schedules. So you know that every company that's advertising on Power to Fly on their job board, they're looking to hire women. They're, they're, these are companies that have good benefits. They're screening these companies for you. Other good sites that I like would be Girls in Tech. I like Women Who Code. I love Backstage Capital, not just for a job board, but for inspiration for the companies they fund. Grace Hopper is another good source. The Built-In series is a good source. They have one for each city, Built-In LA, Built-In SF, Built-In Austin. So those are places where you find company names and where you find job posts. Now, the way that that ties into networking is because from those other sites, you can then go follow those companies on LinkedIn and expand your target company list. Then what you're gonna do is you're gonna find a person who's in the job that you want next or that you want two steps from now at that company and follow them on LinkedIn. Because when they post about the company doing a virtual conference or a virtual career fair, or when they're hiring or an organization they belong to, maybe they're speaking on a panel, especially if they're a couple levels above you, you wanna know about it. That's where you can get into these other conferences. Like Girls in Tech did their conference for free this year. It was virtual. Create and Cultivate is another one that does a lot of conferences and things online. So those are really good places where you can connect with other folks and meet with them. And then you can figure out on LinkedIn how you can help each other. And I think that's a really good um, point to mention or to kind of highlight again for anybody that you know was trying to, trying to take in all of Kelly's wisdom on this. <laughs> is it following these people so that you can kind of See what's going on. Um, it gives you an opportunity to in real time and also um, without you know really a lot of stretch on your own part, gives you an opportunity to keep either interacting with them or you know showing support for these things that they're doing. So yeah, you could just go on and you know add somebody to your connections and then do a deep dive you know for 20 minutes or whatever into like past things they've posted and all that kind of stuff. But doing it you know, a little bit more organically showing that you've put in work to, to actually follow what somebody is doing or um, that you have an interest in, you know, what they're, what they're up to and how they're developing their career um, really shows, you know, like we said, it kind of takes the creep factor down a lot because it shows that you are somebody who's interested in this specific, you know, thing. You're interested in their career. You're interested in, you know, the skills that they've gained or, you know, that kind of thing. And it's not just like, hey, pretty lady, like creepiness. Yeah. So um, we did have a question that came in while you were talking and this person had asked, Nandini had asked, is it okay to ask a new LinkedIn connection if they will be open to being your mentor? Um, 
Yeah, I think it's okay. And just to tag on the last one too, the other thing in terms of networking is before you connect and when you look at people's profiles, you should also join the groups that they're in. If these are people you want to connect with, then people that are similar to them are going to be in the groups that they've joined. LinkedIn groups are really great places to do that. And also if you're in a LinkedIn group, you can start commenting and connecting before you ask for a connection. That can also help increase your response rate and help you turn a cold ask to connect into something that's more warm. When you also view other women's profiles, like I looked at an entrepreneur that I spoke to the other day that I met through All Raise, and I noticed she was part of the group Chief and the group Alpha that I hadn't heard of before. And that's for women entrepreneurs. So if I hadn't looked at her profile, I wouldn't have been able to find those little tools and those other organizations that I could possibly join. So that's another way to do it, right? It's like sampling music or the way fashion has a new suit. It's still a suit. But when you look at someone else's profile, you can get a roadmap of other options for you. Um, the mentor thing, yeah, I do think it's okay. I think it's okay to ask. If it's someone you've never met before and you have no idea, then you definitely want to prepare a reason and talk about yourself. You don't want to send a one-liner saying, will you be my mentor if they know nothing about you? You want to talk about what about their career and their experience resonates with you, what you admire, what you appreciate. You know, you have to do a little bit of ego in there. Um, I think mentors are great. Does everyone always have time to do it? No. So at the same time, you want to kind of qualify your ask of what you expect of them as a mentor. You know, maybe it's a matter of, I'm looking to advance my career in marketing and I see that you've had the, the breadth and the depth that I'm looking to achieve. Here's where I'm at and I'm looking for a mentor. Would you be willing to connect with me? And perhaps we could get on a brief 15 minute call in the next few weeks. I just have a couple of questions about my next steps. So I think that that helps it because a lot of times if you just ask a broad question, people either won't answer or they'll wanna say no because they're not really sure what you expect of them. So if you can set the expectation, you have a better chance of either letting someone say yes or no. And to be honest, I'd rather have someone say no than not answer at all. I hope that answers the question. Oh, I think that's a great way to put it because it can be, I feel like asking someone to mentor you, it can already be a very, um, not necessarily emotional, but kind of vulnerable feeling. And so even if you're, you know, doing it to somebody that you've known for, or, you know, asking this to someone that you've known for a while, it can be just as, as stressful as asking somebody that you've maybe never actually met in person, but that yeah. doesn't mean that it's not an option. So yeah, I think that's a really good way to, to put it is to you know be clear about what you are hoping to gain from this or what kind of relationship you're hoping to establish, what your, your expectations for that would be, and then trying to see if they would be open to it. And if not, leave that door open for maybe a different, um, you know, a different version of yes. Like, yeah, yeah I would have, I'd be happy to connect with you, but I really only have time every three months instead of every other month. Yeah. And if you could put like a vision or a purpose to it, like if someone reached out to me and said, I'm looking for a mentor, that's one thing, but you know, say I got a message from Meg and she said, I'm ready and I'm, I'm growing in my career in the same channel as you are, Kelly, and I'm working, you know, in recruitment. I'm going for a promotion at the end of this quarter and I'm looking for a mentor so that I can really speak, to my, speak for myself in my performance reviews and make sure that I move into management. Would you be willing to do a 15 or 30 minute call with me once a month for the next three months and help me get there to make sure my message is clear? I really admire what you've done and your career path is something that I want to emulate. You know, that's a specific ask. It sets a timeline and it really shows, you know, it, it gives me an idea of how I can deliver and how I can help. So I would try to try something like that, be more specific and don't be afraid to ask. You don't always have to let other people figure it out. In fact, I don't like when people say whenever's good for you. I'm like, give me a few options. It's better. It's I'm actually marking this timeline. There's this time spot in the chat so that I can go back and copy word for word exactly what you just said because that was wonderful. <laughs> and I, I, for, I for one find it very hard to start these. Sometimes I get very wordy and very um, like kind of overly explanatory. Where you're right, it, it's it's best to be direct and clear, but also like you know save everybody else some time because yeah. hopefully, probably you know the person that you're asking is probably not new to these kinds of questions and probably gets a lot of asks in, of them in a day. You have to make it easy and convenient for people to say yes. yes. If they have to sit and think about it, then by the time they're thinking about it, a Slack message will come in, a dog's gonna bark, a Lego's gonna hit their foot, a kid's running around, you know, something is gonna interrupt them. So the more direct you can be, 
the better. And then you can use LinkedIn and don't just ask one person, ask a few and see what you get. Okay. So um, just a reminder, everybody, we are seeing questions get raised in the chat. That is perfect, but you are more than welcome to come off mute and ask questions or add comments, add context to if we're you know, discussing your question, please feel free to do so. Um, all right, so moving to the next question. This person who wanted to know, how can I ask for a referral or recommendation for a job I'm interested in, even if I don't report to the person you're asking for the recommendation? So I think the, the, the meat of and potatoes of this question is, can you ask for a recommendation for a, you know, for a job if that person is not somebody that you report to? Yeah, totally. So this tells me that this is an internal company question. So you want a recommendation for a promotion, but you don't want to ask your boss. And sometimes when you're working in a company, this has happened to me, like at NFL, the VP of tech, I worked very closely with like hand in hand. He was my dotted line in the org chart, but my actual report to officially was HR who knew nothing about recruiting and could not help me in any way. So yes, what you do is you go to that, the person you want to ask and you ask their advice on how to approach it and how to go about it. Because you want to make sure that it doesn't come off as like you're stepping, that you're skirting around the chain of command. So not only can you ask them for a recommendation, you can explain to them why you trust their opinion and why you value them as an ally, because that's the difference between mentor and ally. A mentor is going to listen to you and give you advice. An ally is someone that speaks for you and advocates and stands up for you and helps you move forward in your career in that company, right? So ask the person that you trust more their advice on how to proceed. And then also take a look. I mean, if you're at a startup and it's, you know, all hands on deck, how everybody moves, they move. But if you're in a more structured company, it's more typical that they will have a performance review process that's established in order to get that promotion. Um, so you want to make sure that you check that process first to make sure you're following it. And then you can figure out a way. You could ask recruitment, they might know, but probably an employee relations title person or maybe someone in HR that does employee relations could advise. Um, but I would hatch a plan with the person that you trust the most and say, what do you think? How's the best way to handle this? Could you put in a word for me with the person I report to and, you know, get me a leg up? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we do have Kate who's going to ask her question. Before we tackle that, I want to make sure I don't lose this in the chat thread. Um, one person had wondered if the template examples can be updated and added to for other kinds of scenarios. I hate to put words in your mouth, but I feel like absolutely yes is probably yeah. the right option, right? Yeah. The reason that they're templates and fill in the blank is to kind of, is to frame it for you and get you started. Because a lot of times what happens with these messages is we're looking at it and we either don't know what to start, what to say first. Or whatever we put down, we don't like because we don't have context to compare it to so that we feel comfortable with it. So yes, you can alter them however you want. Not everyone is gonna be able to talk about, I think I use the words like global agency experience in there. It's all interchangeable. It's more about getting to the point, making sure you have one to three sentences that are the overall about you and then one to three sentences that are specific to the opportunity that you're going for, whether it's connecting to a person, going for the job or whatever it is. And you'll see in the templates, only one of them is if the job posted is a fit for you. The other one is if the job is posted, but it's not at your level. How do you ask somebody for a connection to get on their radar if the job isn't right for you? And the, there's another one there if no job is posted. So, hey, power to fly, I couldn't find a job publicly posted, but I really love what you're doing. I've been following you for some time. And what I appreciate the most is the care that you give in how you assess these companies and the benefits and the support that they offer their employees. I would love to be on your talent radar going forward. How do I get in that pipeline or database? Would you be willing to introduce me to one of your talent advocates so that next time something opens up on the team, I could be considered? I have an extensive background in recruitment and I would really love to serve your community. Okay, so it's kind of creepy how you're like sort of reciting almost word for word the email that I sent Powerfly like <laughs> five years ago. Um, keep in mind, guys, I've only been working with them for two years, and I was a talent or I was a part of the Powerfly community for like like five years before four or five years before I got hired. So that were there were quite a few of those emails that went out to Powerfly directly saying like I really love your mission. Please let me know when you're hiring. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so um, another thing that to like just kind of remind you all is that using, um, you know, you can look up different companies on Power to Fly. You can um, search for them under jobs. You can search for them under companies. 
But once you get to that company page in the upper left, upper right-hand corner of that screen, there'll be a big pink follow button. If you follow that company and you can do this with as many or few companies as you want, you can follow and unfollow as often as you want. But what that does is it puts you on their follow network. So it tells that company that you're interested in working for them. So they get, they can take a look at those follow networks whenever they want. Um, the other thing it does is it's, instead of cluttering up your inbox, it's going to give you an alert when they um, post new jobs. So you don't have to keep coming back and searching their page. Um, and it'll also tell you when they're participating in events like our chat and learns, our office hours, our, um, our icebreaker events, our virtual career fairs, the, the mini summits, the mega summits, the whole thing. So that's really good news for you because then it lets you know when you can get, you know, when you can apply for new stuff and when you can get FaceTime with this team. So please, please, please take advantage of that. Um, Kate, do you want to come off mute and ask your question? Hi. Um, first of all, thank you for this session because it's incredibly, it's like the questions everybody is afraid to ask. Um, so I'm, I'm currently in an interview process with a federal agency and I've never worked for the government. I have a contact who is connected to a very high level person within the same agency and she's done an introduction already and they have not responded back to her, but in the, in her introduction, she said she's applied for the job. I've already gone through interview one and they said it could be six weeks before we get to the panel interview of interview two. So I'm, I'm curious about, he hasn't responded, um, but I almost feel like I went too high within the organization because this is like the executive suite. Um, is there, is it my, is there a chance that perhaps there's like a hands-off once you're in the process in order to appear neutral or whatever so they don't, you know, upset um, the federal process? Or should I perhaps just contact him directly after the introduction LinkedIn message that he got from my contact, my referral contact? That's very a complex one. And I love the detail in the question because it's very helpful, Kate. So, and if my answer isn't good enough, grab a free session with me so we can flush it out further. I don't have a lot of experience federally, so I don't know the rules. I know the general equal employment opportunity rules across the US, New York. I know Washington because I lived in Seattle. I know California. And I know Europe because I lived in Amsterdam. But federal, I don't know if the federal rules in terms of that are different, right? Broadly, there are certain companies and big public companies where in order to hire someone, they have to post the job publicly, even though if they have someone internal in line for it, you know, there's some of those intricacies. What I would say is, first of all, the higher up you go in the chain, think of it like a pyramid, right? When you get up to the executive level, that means their calendar is more packed with more meetings and they have more on their plate. So it's probably going to take longer for them to actually be able to get to stuff right? Their priorities are different. They're more strategic and they're probably at a different level. They probably have more things they can't say no to. So that could be a reason why it's going to take time. I would ask the person that made the referral for you what they think you should do. Maybe okay. they would say, you know what, let me follow up instead. Maybe they'll say, let me send them an email instead of a LinkedIn message. I would lean on the person that made the intro for you and get their opinion on what next steps would be. Um, and maybe they'll say, yeah, send them a message. Who, why not? You could also, uh, I, I forget how long you, you mentioned it's been since the message, but you could send a message of, and this is in the six job search message templates. The last one is about follow-ups. So as much as we want to send a message saying, do you have an answer yet? Can you let me know? Did you get my, my information? There are other follow-ups you can send, like whatever the person's name was, you know, hey, John. Uh, thank you so much for considering the introduction that Meg sent. I wanted to let you know that I'm still available and interested. Okay. So that's a good way of not being pushy or feeling like you're being pushy, but moving your message to the top of the inbox. And that's a technique you can use with email or LinkedIn, everybody. So I have a few of those in that last template. You can give, you can let them know you're still available I wouldn't ask an executive the status of the job. That's more for like a recruiter introduction or someone else. Um, if it wasn't an executive and it was like, like a mid-level manager, then you could use a follow-up uh, topic of, could you let me know my candidacy in the system? Am I still active, right? So that way you can alternate the questions that you're asking. Um, 
Yeah, it's a tough one. I would ask the person that introduced you and go about it that way. Uh, but if it is an executive, then it's likely it's going to take them longer to actually get into their inbox just because right. of the nature of their work. Okay, so thank you very much. It helped. I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Okay, before we move on to the next question, I know that Rose had asked um, about the, yes. the recruiters. So in case you're dialing in and don't see the chat, um, Rose had asked, um, saying, I often get connect requests from recruiters who don't send a message as to why they want to connect or how I know them. Keep in mind, you will never get a message like this from a power of talent advocate. Uh, should I be accepting these requests? They feel kind of scummy and like they're being, they're using me to build their number of connections or yeah. to get someone else who's in my connections. Okay, so here's the thing. Yes, it can feel scummy. You can also go into your LinkedIn and make it so people can't search your connections. I did that when I was still in sales, so people couldn't steal my, my connections, but that was a long time ago. Um, I know it can feel scummy, and it's usually, it's, it's a lot of times it could be recruiters that are in more staffing agency because they deal in higher volume versus internal. I worked in both. Uh, but at the end of the day, recruiters like myself, our job is to know as many people as possible so that we can search and find more talent when we need it. That can help you. Here's why. Since I'm a recruiter, if, or I was now, you know, I'm doing my thing, but I have 6,000 people that are connected to me on LinkedIn. If you connect with me, that means all 6,000 of those people become second connections of yours. So if you go to say Power to Fly and you had no connections there, if you go to their company page and you go to see all employees on the top right, it'll bring you to a screen. And if you just click the dropdown of second connections, my name would show up and it would tell you that you could ask me for an introduction to Power to Fly. So I would say connect with them. No recruiter is going to submit you, especially if they're, if they're an agency. They can't submit you to their client unless you speak with them and you give them clearance. If you're concerned about your connections, you can close them. But I think it's to your advantage because it'll give you more visibility in your actual LinkedIn network and profile to give you more reach. So it's kind of like, you know, doing a private event if I just did it myself versus doing it with the Power to Fly community. When I attach to Power to Fly, I have their network and community behind me. And you can work with recruiters and use them for the same thing. Accept it and say, thanks for inviting me to connect. You have a job for me? What made you, what stood out about my profile that made you want to connect? And if you decide that you don't want to connect with them or they end up being a little scuzzy, then just block them or don't connect, drop the connection but I would take it to build your network. Yeah, I think that's a really good call out is that like there are a lot of things that you stand to gain um, from that, from you know just accepting kind of the benefit of someone else's work because um, they went through the, the hassle of either searching for you or reaching out and connecting at all. Um, so please feel free to you know take advantage of that. But also speaking as a member of Power to Fly's legal team as well, um, you don't have to maintain those connections. And if somebody bothers you or keeps emailing you past the point when you say, I'm not interested, don't contact me, then you are well within your rights to, uh, you know, kind of take things a step further, maybe report them to LinkedIn, yeah. um, spam that, you know, spam block them, that kind of thing. You can totally so, um, 100%. Yeah. All right. So we've got about 20 minutes left in today's chat um, to get us uh, through a couple more of the questions while we see if there's anybody else that wants to um, either come off mute or post in the chat. Um, this question caught my eye. This person wanted to know, how do you overcome the awkwardness of networking? Mm. This is where my direct mix comes in handy. You don't really. It's always awkward. It's always annoying. Um, even though I did it for work, when I would go to events, I would hide for a few days after. You know, I'm very good in talking and helping people talk about themselves. I feel uncomfortable talking about myself constantly and all the time. So I feel like it's awkward for everyone. The only way to overcome it is to just do it. And right now we have an advantage because you don't have to look at anyone. You know, when I first uh, started in uh, my early jobs in creative services, I had to go to offices with business cards. I had to go to events face-to-face -face and pitch myself and pitch the company and all these things. And now you can write the message online and send it. So use the tools that are here for you. It's like an introvert's dream and you have nothing to lose at the, other, at the other end of it. If someone connects with you and you don't like them or it's weird, you block them, you drop them or you report them. But this is the chance to make those connections. And once you refine those messages, that's why I made those templates, you can copy and paste and literally just do it and send it out. 
And it's okay to say, I don't have anything that I need to ask of you right now. Is there something I can do to help you or someone you know? So if you're feeling awkward that way, then start by offering instead of, instead of asking. I wish I had a magic pill for it. I mean, have a glass of wine, that might help, you know? I mean, whatever you gotta do. <laughs> but well, you have to lose. You don't know these yeah. people. And well, you're not going to like address your call out about like not having to be face to face is honestly super valid. And speaking from like, from my, how I personally process a lot of this, like I miss our power to fly in-person events. Cause I loved meeting all of our community members. I loved networking, but every time I would come home from one of those events, I needed like a solid two days of like yeah. not entertaining anyone else, not really like having to talk to anybody else that I didn't really want to. It was just me and my dogs. Maybe I'd talk to my husband. Maybe I'd just sit there. But like, <laughs> it's okay to like, A, acknowledge that it's awkward. B, need a bit of a recharge after that kind of thing. Um, so even if all you're doing is just starting off by acknowledging, like we've got a bunch of icebreaker events personally that Power to Fly does. I love them, but it can be super awkward. So it's really easy to just say like, hey, like in the spirit of not making this awkward because everybody's being awkward yeah. right now what's your favorite food that you're making right now? What's, you know, the Netflix show that you've been binging, like whatever. Like we, yeah. we also do a lot of work on our end, like with the, you know, kind of to eliminate that awkward small talk, but you know, it yeah. is, it's okay to acknowledge that these things are difficult. They're not just difficult for one person. They're difficult for most people. A hundred percent. And starting at saying, you know, networking could be awkward. So at least we can start with a message and we don't have to meet in person on the first shot. I think that's funny. The other thing that I mentioned earlier about following people on LinkedIn, it's so effective, everybody. I can't tell you how important it is. And really spend, take 10 minutes every day. I probably spend an hour a day on LinkedIn. That's about it. But take 10 minutes, take 20 minutes, whatever you can do, go through your feed, follow these companies, follow people. So things show up in your feed that are relevant to you. And then like something that someone posts, you can comment. You don't have to write some brilliant like soliloquy. You can just write great advice, great share and start interacting that way. Because if you follow these people at these companies or in your industry, their posts and the things that they comment on or they share will give you, a, will give you something to get rid of the awkwardness. Cause then you can say, hey Kelly, I saw your comment on Meg's post. I completely agree, would love to connect. It's, it's there. So you can play with it and just pull from it. It's like sampling music, just pull from it and use it. It'll give you tools. So you, you have more of a warm introduction and you can feel like, you know, someone a little bit better and, and find something in common. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So one of the other questions we were asked, um, we covered a little bit of this, but I'd really like to dig in. So this person wanted to know what is the best language to use when contacting con contacting a hiring manager or recruiter about a position I applied for? Is it better to be direct and easy ask and make ask them for ask them to contact me for more information or questions, or should I make myself sound more hopeful and aggressive and ask them to consider me for that position? So I I really liked this question because it kind of digs into how much to ask for as much as it does the language to use. So as far as language to use, I think we kind of really covered that when we talked about your templates and you've given us some really great examples that people can go back and view the recording and, you know, kind of crib from those. Yeah. Um, but for the, for the second part of the question, is it better to ask, like give an easy ask of like, Hey, I applied for this. Please feel free to contact me if you have questions, or is it better to ask for what you really want? at the risk of maybe sounding overconfident or asking them for something they can't deliver. Yeah, I don't really worry about overconfident. I, I think that's, I think it's kind of useless. I don't, I, I just kind of would go have at it. The reason I'm like squinting at it and rereading it like three times is because I feel like this question is, I would either combo or just leave the other stuff out. So at the end of your message, you can say, thanks for considering me. Cause if they're looking at your message or you apply, then you're already being considered. End of story. So thanks for considering me or you know, considering my application. I'm looking forward to hearing from you about next steps. Next steps could be moving forward or it could be a rejection, but either way you wanna hear from them. That is the expectation. The expectation isn't that you're gonna get the job. It's that they will get back to you. So th that's what I would do. I think be direct and ask them to contact me with questions. Well, if they yeah. want to contact you, your contact info is on your resume. It, it's a given. You know, yeah, when you're yeah. rereading your messages, take out things that are assumed. Like don't send a message that says you're hardworking and detail oriented. Get rid of all that stuff. Anywhere you wrote, I think, or use words like 
it's very this, or I really do this, get rid of all that language and just say it, say it clear, say it directly. It puts you in a position of more confidence, but not arrogance. Uh, and I, it makes it easier for the person to read because when you add kind of uncertain or wishy-washy language like that, it actually shows less confidence. So just say it directly. So write it the first time naturally and then delete all that stuff. And at the end, it's thanks for considering my application. I look forward to hearing from you. Done. Well, and the other thing I think is important to call out here, and I've heard it on a, like so a several other chats, is that if you're not if you're not asking for what you actually want from this person, then until you are getting what you actually want, you're not really going to be satisfied. So you're going to have to keep kind of coming back to that well and either asking for yeah. more or just dealing with what you're given. So to give yourself the best chance to get what you actually want, you have to ask for what you actually want. Now, if they don't give that to you, like you, like you say, like, can you consider me? Like, I would really appreciate you considering me for this position. If they, for whatever reason, don't, don't respond with, yeah, absolutely. Let's schedule an interview. If they respond with something less than that, yes, it's, it's less than what you wanted, but it's still more than what you had. So why would you, you know, if you, if you're trying to get 10 feet from where you are, why would you only ask somebody to carry you five? Yeah. And, and also, you know, you can play with recruiters too. You know, if you, if you saw the job post and there's a lot of applicants and it's been up for a while, put your, put your resume in. So you're being considered and then ask the recruiter or someone for an introduction to stay out of the inbox. Right. If you have the time, ask for the introduction or referral first, uh, and then give it a couple of days to see if you get a response and then go into the inbox. You can also play with, um, Hey Meg, I applied for this role. I'm really excited. I see you're on the recruitment team. Uh, I would love it if you could give me an update on next steps or, you know, what the job status is. I'm sending you this message on LinkedIn, but if I don't hear back from you, I'll try to follow up on your email. Maybe that inbox is better for you. You always position it as if you're trying to make it convenient for other people. And the other thing, before we go on to the questions, I want to make sure we get to this before this is over. Referrals and introductions, which is the whole title of this, uh, of this talk, are two different things. Referrals is when someone puts their name on you when an internal employee tags you, submits your resume on your behalf, or puts their name on you as though they're gonna get the employee referral bonus, right? Recruiters and HR people are not eligible for that. So when you map your LinkedIn of all the different options you have and people you can ask for that referral, you wanna go for the people outside of recruiting and, and HR first because they could get the bonus, right? Pretty simple. You also set a timeline using your calendar. Give it two or three days. If they didn't get back to you, send the follow-up of, I'm just checking in on my message. I want to make sure I get in before the job is closed. Let me know if you can help. And if you can't, I'm totally okay with that. And at the same time that you send the follow-up two, three days later, I've shortened it recently to two, three days. I used to give it four or five, but currently I say two, three. At the same time you send that follow-up, I want you sending a new message to the next person. We don't care who answers. We only care who answers first. Now that's a referral. An introduction is not a referral. An introduction is, hey, Kelly, I noticed you're connected to Meg at Power to Fly. I applied and I'm really trying to stay out of the inbox. Would you mind introducing me to her so I could, or making an introduction so I could connect with her and hopefully stay out of the inbox, right? An introduction is not a referral. It's usually from a second person. Does that make sense? It could be from Meg. Hey, Kelly, I noticed you know someone at Slack. I'm interested, no offense, I'm not taking you from Power to Fly. Uh, I noticed you know a recruiter on Slack's team and they have a job posted. I'm wondering if I should connect with them directly or if I should apply first. Would you mind helping me with an introduction so I can ask them? So those are the difference. That's why the title of this is referral versus introduction. Who, what, where, when, why, how to ask. You want to prioritize your network of who you're asking first and then you're setting your timeline so that every two to three days per company, you're going after another person that can introduce you to employee target. Uh, after this event, I'm going to send Meg and the team uh, links to one of the templates that I built uh, that I'll be selling on my website shortly, but you're all going to get it for free. It's the job search network planner, and it's a very simple Google sheet. You got to use it online. You're going to make a copy of your own. You're going to put your target company, and I filled in some sample lines. And then an employee that works at the company, and then you're going to use LinkedIn, like I mentioned before, go to the company page, see all employees, and you're going to list how many people you can ask. 
for either a referral or an introduction to that company. And then you just start sending out messages, knocking down the list. Like I said, every two, three days, right? And then keep in mind if the job has been posted for a while, or if there's a lot of applicants, forget the referral and get yourself in the mix before it closes. And then the message becomes, I applied, but I don't want to get lost in the inbox. The other message would be, before I apply, I wanted to reach out and see if you could help me with a referral or an introduction. Either way you're comfortable works for me. Please let me know. Does that make sense? I just want to make sure we get through that before the end so that everybody uh, got it. And if anyone needs a little bit of tweaking, look at the messages or you can book a free session with me or one of the coaches to kind of fine tune it for yourself. Thank you for touching on that. Mm -hmm. um, so I know we only have about nine minutes left. Um, it looks like Michaela had raised a question in the chat. Okay. She wants to know, are there, um, are there particular topics we should avoid following on LinkedIn? Should our follows be totally strategic? No, I say have at it. You could always change it later. Yeah, I would follow topics of people in the roles that you want, people that work in the industry that you want or things that you're interested of a, of a company. But I really like LinkedIn in terms of seeing what other people are doing. It's such a great map. If you wanna be a director of whatever, then find a director of whatever and see what they did two steps before that. See what other companies they worked at. That'll show you other companies that might hire you for the same job. Look up people, look at who recommended them or who they recommended. It's likely they're all in the same industry. Loved what you had to say about Meg when you recommended her on LinkedIn, Kate. I would love to connect with you because I'm actually breaking into the same industry. Maybe we can help each other in the future. You can play with these things. It's LinkedIn, that's what it's made for. If people complain about connections and stuff on LinkedIn, they should get off. It's what the whole thing is built for. It's like Facebook for work, but without you know the horrible pieces of Facebook that we won't even get into before the election because I can't handle it. <laughs> so far, right? Let's hope they don't make another update. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> so this question I've kind of found very interesting as well. Um, this person wrote, sometimes recruiters don't know about every job posting, every job position that is open or that they're interviewing for. How would I get a chance to get to the next step of the interview if I don't pass the first step with recruiters? So I saw this kind of as a two-parter of asking, yeah. you know, maybe how to cast that wider net without seeming unfocused, yeah. but also like how to make sure that you are making it past that first step. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Like, even if someone high up recommends you, it doesn't mean you're going to get past the recruiter. And that's where interview prep really comes in. Um, there's a post on interview prep on the blog. Uh, but you really need to prepare for your audience, right? You're not going to have the same interview with a first round recruiter who's matching keywords and qualifying your resume for the next step as you will with the next hiring manager that runs the team or an executive. The questions you ask will be different. The stories you tell will be different and how you manage it will be different. Um, it, it is, it is true too, that recruiters do work on a lot. So the best way, I mean, if you don't pass the first step with the recruiter, you're not moving forward. So that part of the question doesn't uh, ring to me, but the best way to prepare for the interview with a recruiter is to understand what they're looking for. They're looking to match your resume and what you say to the job description and what their hiring manager is looking for. So, you know, try to find a hiring manager's profile and look at how they describe their work, look at the job description, and then look at your resume. That has to connect. If there's things on your resume, like if you talk about how you were a top performer or anything that you mentioned that someone could have a follow-up question to of, oh, well, tell me more about that. If you say you increase something, be prepared to mention the number in the interview. If a recruiter is gonna ask you what your strengths are, Instead of saying, I'm gonna go back to hardworking and detail-oriented or a perfectionist, prepare a story using the STAR method, which is in my blog post on interview prep, and say, you know, one of my strengths, a great example, was when I was working with uh, Meg's team on this project. You know, we had some constraints. The task at hand was to do this, and then we had some challenges because the stakeholders weren't understanding our plan. So what we did to resolve that was, our action plan was to pull the data to validate our idea, which we then repitched to the stakeholders, and then they really liked the idea. And then we were able to execute it with great success. So you wanna tell a story so that the person on the other side can visualize you in the role and visualize you on the team or visualize working with you. 
and you have to pre you prepare it in advance. But these are things you're going to use for the rest of your career. You can always re-mention these things. You can always use these stories. I hope that answered the question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we also, I do want to call out, I put the, a link in the chat, but um, we do have uh, Heather Cole, who is PowerFly's resident career coach. She hosts um, three live free prep sessions a month. So one of them is always on interview prep. One of them is always on um, your uh, professional profile review. And one is always on your resume review. So the one that's happening today at 3 p.m. Eastern, so about an hour after we get off this call, um, is on interview prep. Even if you can't go to that event, you can still register to go take a look at it. Um, Heather's events, I don't think, get posted to our <laughs> website anymore. Um, I'll check on that, but I, I think that they're, since they're all done live, um, yeah, Nicole's seconding me here. So if you want to take advantage of that, you have to be on the call, but um, you know, it's a really great chance to get more free advice from a professional that does this like for the living. So please, please, please take advantage um, of those because it's a really great chance, um, especially all of the, you know, in addition to all of the really awesome um, uh, resources and help that Kelly and the Laura Collective are offering as well. We're here. Yeah. Um, and please keep in mind that Heather will have more events like this all throughout November. Actually, my job is to get those live in about you know a day and a half. So please check back um, by Friday. Those will be posted up on our website that you can register for for November. Great. Um, okay, so in the last three minutes we have, um, apart from the obligatory, um, because like you know we're always grateful for your time, Kelly, um, and so happy to have you back. Um, is there anything else like you had said earlier that you wished we had talked about so far? or anything that you want to stress um, or remind our, our, uh, our attendees about before we break for today? No, I mean, I think, you know, I think we reframed it and we've done a series of these. Uh, you can also go to Power to Fly and search my name. You'll find the five or six, I think, events I've done with them so far. They're all connected. You can go to my website, alloracollective.com to the blog page. And there's not only a blog section, but there's an event section where you can find the links as well. And you can see how they connect. You know, the one we did before this was how to avoid your resume getting lost in the junk pile. This one is referrals and introductions. It's all about career strategies. These are all life skills that you should have and you should develop for the length of your career. You know, before the recession in 2008, most people that I know never had to apply for a job. You always got a job because someone you know left and you left with them, or you got a phone call and you were like, yeah, I would do that. You know, LinkedIn was around back then, but it wasn't like it is now. These messages of people applying to like 100, 200, 300 jobs are just absurd. It is so, it's honestly, it's like disgraceful that this is what the industry is. And I'm going to be very honest with you. I think it's broken. It needs to be fixed. And my attempt to fix it is one person at a time. But people are the way that we're going to get through this. The other thing about referrals is I've seen a massive drop off. Employee referrals used to be the number one marker that your company's doing something right and that your culture is good. Because why wouldn't you want people to bring their friends to work with you? But what happened was we had a bunch of people that looked the same and talked the same and went to the same school and everyone knows who I'm talking about, keep referring the same people. So employee referrals got replaced that and a combo of the recession where we had this many people looking for jobs and this many jobs. They got replaced with this ATS system that screens for keywords that takes all the personal piece out of looking for a job. You know, the only thing worse than looking for a job is dating and trying to find a life partner. What else? It just doesn't make sense to me that you give up your whole life to work for a company and you have all these restraints. So it's really going to be about people. It's slower. It's a marathon. But this is how that we're going to get through this. And it also makes it a better experience. I know that it's difficult. I know that you reach out to people and they don't get back to you, but you have to focus on the one that gets back to you. And it really is important to look for those second connections and get those introductions to other people so you can get in that inbox. If there's anything we didn't touch, again, go to alloracollective.com. You can book one free strategy session with me or one of my coaches. We give everybody one and we're happy to help. Connect with me on LinkedIn. We also have an Allura Collective LinkedIn group where we invite our clients and other folks to jump in and connect so you all can help each other with introductions and referrals because we can't do it all. But this is really the time. It's the time to help each other because that's how we're going to get through it. That's how you get good prep and that's how you feel better about your career. And hopefully we don't have to sit there and read job descriptions all day long because job descriptions are a wish list, and there's someone's attempt to articulate what they, what they want or what they need. 
Of all my thousands of hires, not a single one was exact to a job description. So you have, if you have 60% or more, go. Absolutely. All right. So um, that rounds us out for today. Um, I do want to say thank you again to Kelly for joining us. Um, I can't wait because I know this will not be the last chat I ever host with you. Um, <laughs> thank you so much to everybody who um, joined today's session, submitted such amazing questions beforehand, as well as the questions that we were given during the session. Um, those were really amazing. So thank you all for your wonderful, wonderful participation. Um, as we round out today, um, I do want to, to kind of direct you to the, some of the links that I put back in the chat. We do have, um, like I said, um, some more great cha um, chats happening today. Um, we have the, the live interview coaching with um, Heather Cole starting at 3 p.m. And then um, on Thursday, or no, I'm sorry, on Friday, we have another chat and learn uh, with Cheryl and Winter about how to make your sabbatical work for you. And then there's another one with Demolola about pivoting careers. So please feel free to check those out. And if nothing else works for your schedule this week, don't worry. Uh, we got a ton of chats next week. And don't forget, if you register, you will automatically get the rewatch link. So even if you can't catch the, the, uh, the event, please be sure to register if it interests you. Um, hope to see all of you around uh, going forward. And happy job hunting, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for joining. Yeah.